And here we go. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to episode 124 of CMD oh, Towers, Brews, and Builds. Oh. I'm Mr. Comet number five, okay. and my fellow host <laughs> will most likely have multiple violent outbursts by the end of the episode, <laughs> Big Tuck. I thought there's another one that I thought you were going to go with that I was going to be talking about later, so I'm glad I'm waiting on that. Uh, real quick, before we go any further, though. So, yeah, it's another fr- another gloomy Friday here in North Carolina. And uh, Mr. Combo, what would you say my best slash favorite accent work is? Uh, isn't it like you can't figure out how to sound Irish or Jamaican or something? Well, that's yes, that's that's one of them. But what's the one I'm actually good at? A pirate? Yeah, just like this pirate's breakfast stout from me from me mateys at Armor Artist Brewing. Uh, it's a 9.3% grog that be tasting quite sweet after this grueling work week. Uh, oh my goodness. So here's a new thing. Um, I now remember what it's like to have an office job and, uh, I kind of like How it. How do you like it? It's good. It's good. Um, it, it's like, it's exciting. I feel like I have purpose, you know, it's not just like sitting and playing video games all day, which I know yeah. some people are like, oh, this is the dream. What are you even complaining about? But like yeah. I need something mentally stabil mentally like getting Stimulating. my point. Yes. But the downside of that is like yesterday I forgot that I took my alarm off. So I woke up late, even though it worked remote. And I was like, I'll just go work out later. And I ended up being in meetings till like six fifteen. I was like, oh, well, I'm supposed to be streaming at seven, which ended up not even (laughs) happening because of technical difficulties. But that was like the first time in like conservatively a year and a half where I've been like, I can't do something because I actually have responsibilities on a place that's paying me to have (laughs) these hobbies and all this other stuff. Right. Um, And that so that's funny. The other thing in magic news that I think you'll get a kick out is I've been ordering cards off eBay again, getting ready because Neon Dynasty spoilers have been insane. I have like 36 cards I'm going to put an order into completely rework ninjas. But I've been kind of going through and ordering piecemeal stuff through eBay as it comes up. Right. If I think it's going to go up in price, that sort of thing. So I got one today. And a lot of times I'm doing this when I'm drinking, when I'm not really paying attention, that sort of stuff, right? So there's been a couple that I've gotten where I'm like, I don't remember ordering this, right? And then I go in my history. I'm like, sure enough. So I got this like scythe equipment in the mail today. (gasps) Wretched scythe? Yes, actually. Wait, (laughs) what's that have to do with anything? Uh, Because we talked about it in my cue it Garza Gold deck. it okay i'm pretty sure i went through i knew that you and i talked about it right i was like did i just order this blackout drunk and forgot like after we talked about it and then i went and looked at my order no so i was just like i'm either being gaslit or someone's playing a prank on me contacted the seller and they're like oh we just shipped it to the wrong person he has your ninja let me reach out to him and see if he got it and I just want to be like, I like, I'm really hoping, I don't remember how much that card costs. Is it a lot? No. Okay. So I'm really hoping that this is going to be one of the things, you know, when Amazon's like lazy and they're like, you know what? Yeah. Why don't you keep just that? Just have it. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. just, we'll take this, we'll mark this one down as an L. I hope that happens. But if they ask me to send it back, I might just be like, I'm not, no. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to keep this and eat the $3 and give you a bad seller rating or something. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what you do at that point is I think you just push back and say, yeah, I'm more than happy to. Will you guys send me an envelope and a stamp so I can send it back? Yeah. I usually, you know, because I'm all for helping out people when they maybe make a mistake. But as the consumer, it's not my responsibility 
to make good on your mistake. Now, I will right. be helpful, but I even if it's 35 cents, it's not my my uh, uh, obligation to right. help you financially or through that. Make it as easy as you can on me since I'm the one who's inconvenienced. Exactly. And if it is like 35 cents or whatever, I would assume it's not worth the time. Like If they come back to that, I'm also going to be like, look, is your time really worth... 35 cents to get this car to get this bulk rare back that is just gonna sit in a binder for years until some other idiot orders it for 50 cents and um, to clarify that scythe is that the one where whenever it deals combat damage to a creature or deals damage to a creature if it dies you return it to your battlefield with it attached correct yes yep yep it's, that is definitely in my garza's old deck. it's a cool card don't get me wrong and i was like yeah. okay like i could probably find some place for this but i'm like this isn't the one i want you know yeah it's like That's getting, totally it's fair. like asking for like a bicycle and getting like, it, or it's like asking for a bicycle and getting Squee McGee's tiny little BMX bike. Or asking for a motorcycle and instead you get the reverse tricycle thing that like senior oh. citizens ride. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you, sir? I'm good. Uh... Was telling you off cast, had an interview yep. this week from a uh, really, really, really large uh, cellular provider um, based here in Kansas City. Uh, you can probably figure out who. And uh, it was good. It, it was a, It's a great opportunity. It sounds like a fresh team. It's exactly what I've been kind of, you know, looking to get into. Uh, it, it's weird because it's like industry knowledge that I have, but sure. it's it's evolved since I left, you know, almost 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it'd be a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, you know, the great thing is one of the, the groomsmen, uh, he actually works for one of the competitors, my old employer. Um, and oh. so he has a little bit of insight. So, you know, he's been able to kind of help, you know, let me know what's been going on and filling me in. So, you know, it's been very exciting. Uh, the biggest challenge, though, I'll be honest, Tuck, is I, I do this thing to where I've been uh, pretty successful throughout my career. And it's always been sales oriented, whether sure. I'm leading a sales team or an individual contributor. Right. And as anyone knows in sales, the uh, better you perform, well, that's going to get you paid more. I mean, that's just the way it works. And so I've always had this rule because, you know, I don't have a college degree. I can't have the luxury of knowing, hey, I got all these certifications. I can get a job anywhere I want. Right, right, right. Uh, I have to be smart about it. So I always say, whatever I make on my W-2, regardless if it's because I'm doing well sales-wise, I have to at least get that at the next place for just being there, not right. even yeah, exceeding sure. expectations. So th this company, it's it'd be a slight pay cut in that re respect by 5%, 10%, okay. somewhere in there. So it's not intense. And I could always lead the sales team to where we do better. So it's like, okay. Right. But then like the weekly or the bi-weekly medical, it's like twice as expensive. You know, instead of 20 something bucks, mm -hmm. it's 40 something bucks. Um, you know, I do HSA because I don't really go to the doctor. Well, instead right. of 1500 a year, I only get 500 a year. Right, uh, right, right. 401k, they don't match as much. So it's like, what I'd be getting is to be able to be a leader in Kansas City. I wouldn't have to move, which my fiance and I, we don't want to if we don't have to. And I get to kind of further progress my career. But the negative is that you would think, well, if I'm making this now and I'm getting a leadership job at this company, but pretty much making the same or a little bit less out of the gate. Well, if I stuck around at my current company and got a leadership job, 
in theory, I should be making way more than what right. it would be being a leader at this company. Right. Which, so you, it, which you've it, had hangups over for the last yeah. however many years you've been there, right? Yeah. So <clears> that, that's a little bit of what I've been kind of dealing with internally. It's not so much of a thing I'm stressed about or I'm up late at night thinking about it. Right, it's right, just, right. you know, I want to make sure I do the right thing for my career because I was kind of telling my fiance, I think I've hit the point maturity wise to where if on scale of, you know, a scale of zero to 10, you know, the zero side is financial and then the 10 side is the career. I'd say the most part, I was always a two. I cared way more sure, about yeah. the money than I did the career and the career growth and stuff. I think I've shifted to almost a six to where I care a little yeah. bit more about the career stuff that I do. The finance, the finance is still important, but I'm just starting to kind of hit that pace. You and I are the same age. Have you kind of gotten to that? I know you're not in sales. Yeah. But are you starting to focus more like even if you made less money, if the company's really cool and has a, an interesting concept, it's like, I'd be okay making less. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially like the big thing now, and you've always chided me on this, right? Where it's like, I switch jobs all the time, right? And like mm-hmm. to me, when I like even recently going through this project or this process, there were opportunities that I had where I could have made a bigger jump in pay than the one I got. But it would have been more of the same, less established company, less of a career goal. So once this company came back and made me the offer, I was like, okay, this is a place where I can actually stay for more than a year yeah. or two, right? Sure. Grow a career. They have the because that's where I, like my career now from moving. It's like my second career in IT was like, like I, I like started when I was in my thirties. Right. So I knew that the fastest yeah. way to grow in seniority and the fast way to get more money is to jump ship. Right. Yep. It sucks. If you feel like you're dead end, you just skip and go off from there. Right. But now that I'm more mature into this career, I'm now realizing that like, no, it'd be much better to be at a company where I have support to grow or there's yeah. people who are smarter than me, much smarter than me, which I know is hard to believe, but what can you do? Uh, there, there that that are there to support me and see my growth. So yeah, I would say like now, money. Like once you, everyone has their own level of like this is the amount of money I need to live. This amount of money I need to be comfortable. This amount of money I need to be you know rock star. Yeah, and I think now I'm at the point where if I do leave this company, which I don't really have any intentions to, um, based on the two weeks I've been there, it's not going to be a big giant like. It's going to be like, okay, I want to like something that can evolve my career more so than yeah. my wallet. Oh, so yeah, I hear cool. you there for sure. Well, guys, we wouldn't be able to do this episode without our amazing patron community. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Um, you know, we have been retooling some of the tiers. Uh, we're actually uh, going to be piloting being on Twitch later this month. So we've actually shifted because it seems like you guys want more content opposed to gimmicky things. So we've actually discontinued the RK post token reward. And now we're going to shift those funds over to hopefully enhance that Twitch experience, uh, the YouTube gameplay experience. Even Tuck and I were texting about this. Maybe taking little clips from the uh, the gameplay. Oh yeah, and what what was some of the uh, ideas that we threw around? Uh, what there was like uh, blast of the match. Uh, you've been yep. blasted was one. There was um, oh, you know what? what you should do. We should create one that's uh, that was dripping for like. Oh sweat, yeah, yeah, sweaty. <laughs> or wasn't there one that was like? There's something. There's some like play of the game that was like that, right? Or like yeah. massive screw ups, those sort of things. Yeah, so I think we'll, 
So we'll be coming out with lots of shorts like that uh, based out of those gameplays. So, you know, this money will kind of help go to fund that. But seriously, we love our patrons uh, from a dollar a month up to 25 bucks a month. We have four different tiers. Uh, go on there, pick the one that you're comfortable with. And definitely if it's like, hey, you know, I can only afford to be in the Discord and get some of the soft value stuff. But hey, you got a new job. You can go in, increase it to the five, the 15 or the 25. Get more swag, support the team more. And have opportunities to actually be on the channel. It's pretty exciting stuff. And we have a great referral program. So if you're already a member, refer your friends, your frenemies, your collective, and make sure they message us on Patreon when they join. And just let us know which collective member did it. And we're going to be sending you something for free in the mail. And the best one that we came up with, this is a Mr. Combo, hot soup, more like heart garbage. Yes. Now. Of course, if you guys want to get our amazing swag, you've probably seen our foil playmats on streams, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have our holiday Jun sweater on there. We do have our amazing foil playmats, our sleeves, our tokens, our coins, the whole kit and caboodle. You should go check it out. There's redacted bits that contractually obligated we are not allowed <laughs> to speak to. But of course, the freeway to share the content you're watching and listening to is just do that because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. Now, we do have a very, very exciting partnership uh, that we're kind of looking into and testing out. Uh, you've heard myself and others talk about these amazing playtest cards that we've used in the past, especially the Bruise and Builds Game of Thrones episode. I think that was lost episode number one from uh, uh, January 2021, if I believe that's correct. Yeah, I think that's right. And they wanted to extend an exclusive stackable discount to our community. So head over to abysscardshop.com and use the code CMD Tower. And I believe he offers 10% off whenever you use CMD Tower, but he also offers 10% off whenever you spend 30 or more dollars. So that's like 20% off or some other more accurate fraction that I'm not smart <laughs> enough to do on the fly. Uh, and whenever you do, not only you're getting a high quality play test card, but you're also supporting our channel. Um, and, and that really is going to go a long way. So if you already own a copy of a card, if you're trying to figure out if a deck will work before you spend the money, go spend $3, $4 and get a card and use your discount. Support the community. Support CMD Tower. So Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we've moved on to a classic brew from day one brews and builds with a traditional episode and we described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed so we broke it down into four different categories the first one is ramp and setting your board state we call that grains and grains are the foundation of every beer they include both base malts and specialty malts usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio this helps with the color the taste and most importantly the alcohol content of the beer decks always need ways to grow stabilize and ramp into bigger threats and just like a grain profile they usually a mix of staples and specialty cards how does your board interact with all of your opponent's hands, board states, and general accoutrement? We call that hops. Accoutrement? Uh, uh, hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help us think of subcategories like this Hosi Bebe double, triple IPA. Bebe! Bebe! It's Bebe. a... It's a... Bebe! Uh, our hop shows us help clear interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. How does your deck actually close out and win games? We call that yeast. And yeast are the living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation without yeast to be drinking flat sugar water. 
And without East cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. Then we have shenanigans. It's going to be pet card synergies. <gasps> Is it in the deck? <gasps> They're just kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns an IPA into a jalapeno IPA, or the addition of coconibs, rum barrel aged coffee beans that turn this breakfast stout into a coffee imperial stout. And to seal off the episode, we have a bottle capping. And these are going to be big taxonized cuts and ants to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. It just can't be a mana-only land. I am finally bringing the heat on the personal recommendation, dollar-wise. It's finally happening. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So today, guys, it's a deck that has been... Let's just say shelved. The scourge of bruising builds. Uh, We've put it off for three and a half years. To Big Tuck's dismay, it's here. We're talking about Animar's Glass Cannon. This is my teamer deck. I can't believe you still have this. Like, after all these years, this was what, the fourth deck you ever built or something like that? Yeah. And you could tell it was by the yeah. cards in here. <laughs> I had a question before we get into this, because you had updated it with the with the selection of the cards before I you sent it over to me. Do you remember what the last updated count was on it before you sent it over to me? Uh, I don't, but we very easily can see that. Ooh. So the last revision I did was over a year ago. Wow. <laughs> Um, and, and this is just, I mean, now here's the thing though. It's only one year ago from tapped out. So that might just means I might've put it into tapped oh, out a sure. year ago. It doesn't even mean the last time that I actually like went through. Cause to be honest, like looking through the cards, like there's a card or two that's from like a new ish set, mm-hmm. but most of it, it's just like, Oh, he has like different versions of cards or right. specialty copies, which I mean, I do with a lot of my decks. So yeah, it's probably been a hot minute. Uh, but Tuck, why don't you read who Animar is sure. and does? Uh, Animar Soul of the Elements is one of the original uh, Arch Enemy style decks. Uh, this used to be, and still can very well be, kind of a big boy of the community. For Teamer, that's blue, red, and a green. It's a 1-1 legendary creature elemental that's a mythic for about 6 bucks uh, for the foily copy at that. It's got protection from white and from black, and then whenever you cast a creature spell, put a 1-1 counter on Animar Soul of the Elements. Creature spells you cast cost 1 less to cast for each plus 1 plus 1 counter on Animar. So, as Tuck mentioned, this deck came to fruition the fourth or third deck I ever built, because I want to say it was Karametra, Slivers, Animar, and Aloro were kind of all around the same time. Sure. Um, And I think that's just the nature of what Magic was at, like, six, seven, eight years ago, where, oh, and the funny thing is I didn't even buy the pre-con of this. It was just... I saw it, and it was like, well, I should build this. And so I just got exposed to those Commander pre-con face cards outside of their pre-con. So I said, okay, this is kind of cool. He has protection from the colors that he's not. Let's let's build a deck, and I just want to cast a bunch of creatures and make him big. And uh, you could tell that's what I did, considering the deck has, what, 42 creatures in it. Uh, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> My CMC's four two two. I just was not thinking. Um, so, oh, and actually, it shows here on Tapped Out. I actually added the deck onto Tapped Out over six years ago. Wow. 
It's been so, on there for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been on there for a while. So initially it was just, hey, let me have powerful in the red zone type cards that are very expensive that with Animar on the field with some counters, they'd only cost their color identity to play. For sure. And I think this is, I think Animar is one of the few commanders from the time that still holds up pretty well, right? Like I know a lot of people that have had or have an Animar deck, but I think we also have to remember that when we first started playing this, you know, me slightly before you, and especially when I moved back to Kansas City, I feel like that's when yours and I decks just like ramped up big time, right? Yeah. Um, their wizards wasn't printing 15 legends that were commander focused in every single cool. set. Right. So your options were somewhat limited, especially in like off categories, like teamer, which is still, in my opinion, not a great color pairing. Certainly not a super interesting one for me, which isn't that interesting considering Simic is like one of the most powerful color combinations. Right. It just added red and it's like, ah, oh, you added red. Oh, it's trash now. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Uh, but I think like that also speaks. And the last thing I'll say about that is, you especially build commanders top down. And if you look at the Simic commanders that are out there, this is probably one of the more exciting and one of the more playable, just off the gas, right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, this deck really needs a lot of help because, like the title says, and you guys may hear about some of these cards, you may not. But when you look at the deck list, it. Basically, all I'm trying to do is blink, or not blink, I'm trying to bounce enough stuff back to my hand to recast, and then eventually be able to play it for free. Animar gets huge, and then I just kind of play my deck. But it's like you remove a piece or two, and I'm screwed. I just absolutely yeah. stuck. If I have a slow start, I'm absolutely screwed. I'm absolutely stuck. Yeah. So this deck has not aged well with the time. With how quick Commander is, how efficient Commander is, this is the definition of, uh, I would say this deck's a 4 to a 5 from a scale of 0 to 10 power, but if I get the nut hand, I just went on the spot. Yeah. It's one of the very specific, there's like 4 or 5 cards I need, almost no ways to tutor for them. If I get it, great. But if and I would have had to done stuff leading up to those, it's just it's very, very fragile. And I really hope as we get through this, I can make this deck a little bit more reliable to play because I just yeah. I don't like playing it. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that I've been doing a lot, too. Uh, I will take this time before we move into the grain section that uh, I did make the quality of life upgrades to turn Prosh into Sakar <gasps> that you recommended. And I played it on Sunday. And it was a lot like Prosh, just not near as glass cannon -y. No, yeah. Good. Uh, it Good. was, it, and it was way more fun. I like very much enjoyed playing it. Want to play it again, but I can't because I have to go through all my other fifty decks before I get around to it again. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, the only other thing that we'll mention, the deck right now will cost you anywhere from like 800 bucks to $1,100, just somewhere in there. Uh, but, you know, we got we got some Aber duels in here. I think it's sure. like one of them. I think I, there's a Taiga in here. So Hand, Handful that, of reserve list stuff that's arbitrarily yep. expensive, right? Yep, yep. So you, you probably could build the style of deck that I was trying to go for, for probably like under 500 bucks. But oh, yeah. I would definitely say Animar is not a cheap commander to build off of. Yeah, I agree. The The Simic colors get you. His combo enablers, a lot of them are in the reserve list or just haven't been printed that many times. For sure. 
All right, well, let's get into the ramp and grain section. And I'm going to start this off with literally the all-star of the deck in the early game. But the cool thing is that late game, it sucks. But it's great because it has cycling for two, so you can still oh. use it. We are talking about Cloud of Fairies. So for a colorless blue, summon fairy... Uh, this is a common, and I would assume this is still a common, even with the shifting, right? I don't know if this has been reprinted. Printed to see? No, it's only been printed once at common, which explains its almost $2 price tag. Uh, I, I don't know if it's been shifted at all, but looking uh, to our old pal Scryfall, been printed one time, Urza's Legacy at common. It is banned in popper, and that explains the $2 price tag. <laughs> so uh this guy you know comes into play on tap up to two land cycling for two so you can discard it for two mana and then uh draw a card uh and it's a one one so this card is banana hammock in my animar deck because turn two it usually allows me to get this out untap my lands and to get an additional ramp type piece out because even though Cloud of Fairies, the most ideal situation is that Animar is on the battlefield and I can play it for a single blue and then get the discount and untap up to two lands. So I kind of netted a mana out of it. That's the ideal. But man, this card early game, so, so enabling for this deck. I agree. And I've even had this in decks that care about like weenies because mm. it's always, you You know, it pays for itself. So you hold up counterspell. If you don't need it, you can always bend it for another card. I think it's really good. This is, but that being said, this is not a card. I would just go and buy 10 of at $2 because Correct. you probably won't end up using half of them. Yeah. Question. Would you even put this in a fairy deck? I think I think you probably you kind of have to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many fairies there are in it, but uh, this was a this was really good in my Edric deck back before that got decommed. This is like an argument for ninjas potentially, but it's it's not not the all star for the two dollars. I think personally. Yeah, that's fair. But it, but it uh, is an all star in this deck. Tuck, give us your first grain. This is another one that I am surprised we don't see near as much. Uh, it's a mana dork, but in reality, I think it's a little bit better if you can run it. And of course it is in Simic colors. So of course it has to be pushed. We are talking about our old pal, Kiora's follower. So pretty oh, straightforward. So it's so good. So a two, two for a blue to green. So it's on curve. It's a creature merfolk, which is relevant in the right decks. It's an uncommon tap, untap another target permanent. And we're going to go to the wheel of randomonium, which I've already rolled. And I got a very easy one for the flavor text. <clears throat> she uh, may uh, call herself Kiora, but I believe she is Thassa, the embodiment of the sea and Empress of the Depths. Walking? Mm. All right. Oh, we'll give it a golf clap. We'll give okay, it a golf I'll, clap. I'll take that. But yeah, I, I think this card is really bonkers. If I, if you're running Simic and can run this, I really don't see a yeah. reason as to why not. You're going to be running Soul Rings. You're going to be running your Mana Rocks. You're going to be running your your other Mana Producers. If this was just untap a land, I think it's less exciting. But in a pinch, you could pull back Animar to be a blocker. I think this is mm -hmm. just a really, really strong utility player in a deck like this. The only catch to Kiora's Follower, it is the first card to be cut once I identify a card that is a color with color lists. So then that way it's actually getting the advantage with Animar because right now Kiora's Faller, you have to have the green and blue yeah. and there is no other discount. I would almost rather it be three 
in Simic, untap another target permanent, and then maybe it's like a 6-6 six, six or a 5-5. Five, five. Sure. And then it's like, okay, well, it's like over-costed, but with Animar, it's still going to cost that. At least I get a big boy out of it. Um, but yeah, Keyword's Follower, that and Cloud of Fairies, I would say 80% of the time, I have one of them in my first two plays. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just get that chain going. Yep. Well, that's cool, Tuck. Well, let's go to my next grain card. And this card is great. It gets played in a lot of decks. Because here's the thing. Um, you can make Animar a thousand thousand. But if they're not counters, it doesn't matter. Well, Animar gets blown up quite a bit, so having something that each upkeep to be able to shift it around is really, really helpful. Mm. So three, two, one, forgotten ancient. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I, I thought uh, the way you were leading up was like, but then you said upkeep, and I was like, nah, okay, it's saving it. <laughs> <laughs> three colorless green creature elemental. It's a zero three for about a dollar. Whenever a player casts a spell, you may put a plus one plus one counter on Forgotten Ancient. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may move any number of plus one plus one counters from Forgotten Ancient onto other creatures. And whose voice will be gracing us today? Okay. It looks like it's going to be ooh, potentially May. talking about him in the cutting block. Earl Pal Garuk Wildspeaker, the Young Rock. The Young... Oh, okay. So WWE Rock. Right. Yes. Smelling yeah, it, and cooking and that sort of thing. <laughs> well, see, that's confusing because there's actually a show called Young Rock. Oh, <laughs> no, it's the actor from Young Rock. <laughs> and I was like, I die. Uh, okay. I pause. YouTube. All right. Are we ready for this? I'm very excited. Its blood is life. Its body is growth. Hit that golf clap for me, please, William. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we'll take, yeah, that'll work. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> so this card is busted in this deck because of that shifting of the counters. And it's kind of like Torin Mauler. Even when it's out, People get all worried and stuff, but once it gets like three counters, everyone's like, well, oh, well, just play the game. And yep. so they'll just do it. And the great thing about Forgotten Ancient, and it's weird, it's kind of that rattlesnake effect to where you have two cards on the field and it's like, well, I could deal with the one that's actually the issue. But then when they recast it, it's just going to become the issue again. So do I have to waste two removal spells, one on Forgotten Ancient and then the other on Animar? Or do I just go for Anabar and then Forgotten Ancient can maybe do it again? It's a very weird situation. It's such a good bait. And I think you have the good point, too, where when you play this on turn four, people are going to play still be playing Mana Rocks, Growth Things, going to be casting their commander. And by the time it gets yours, it's going to be a 4-3. Or no, it's going to be, sorry, much bigger than that, a 4-7, yeah. right? So then you play your Animar, and it's going to force them to have to make that decision, right? I, I, I do think this card is really good in this deck. I think it's really good in any deck that cares about plus one, plus one counters, including my budget build deck. I made it in there because if this card was $4, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. It's 88 yeah. cents. This card does so much work for that budget and yeah. for the mana cost. Completely agree. All right, Tuck, what's your second grain? Okay, so... When I thought you were talking about counters, this was a really cute one. I really like this one in here because you're going to increase 
the effectiveness Ooh. of this deck. Increase the effectiveness of the deck with increasing savagery. So two colorless and a double blue, double green, excuse me, for a sorcery. It's a rare for 59 cents. Put five 1-1 one, one counters on target creature. If it was cast from a graveyard, put 10 counters, 10 one, one counters on that creature instead. And has a flashback of five colorless, double green. So you're just immediately pumping Animar up to a 7-7. Seven, seven, no, sorry, 6-6 <laughs> six, six with pro. That makes everything yep. else cost five lefts. I think that there's, there's probably people who build a deck like this where they don't think that animar is going to be their only way of reduction right so yeah. they're going to run things where it's creatures cost one less cast cloudstone curio and that or not cloudstone curio cloud key and that sort of thing to reduce creatures sure. but with this card you don't need those anymore right this is way more proactive i think a big thing that people forget is animar can get big and there's going to be yeah. someone at the table who only has black or only has white creatures or is only playing orzov and you're gonna be able to slap them for pounds of time pounds of things and they're going to have to be scrambling making political decisions that are going to be biting them in the ass while they're trying to st stem the bleeding from this growing growing commander that really costs very little to bring them back out again yeah i agree and I'm, i really actually look at increasing savagery with an animar deck this simply it's four mana for a five colorless reduction on every spell i do yep or seven mana for a 10 colorless mana reduction on every spell I cast. So it's always good for me in this deck. I, I don't care that it's sorcery speed. Um, that That's all right. So um, I don't, I, I think increasing savagery is one of those cards that I definitely put in here initially because it is that battle cruiser esque thought. And I probably at the time I'm like, Oh, well that's cute with Animar, but maybe I probably did it on other stuff. But now six, seven years later is more of a tuned player. It's like, Oh no, Increasing savagery, Animar, boom, right there. Let's yeah. start dumping my hand. It's so it's so fast. Uh, I love it, and it was it was a very I was really proud of you. I was really proud of you on this. Thanks. One. Well, my last one is one. So I think we we you know we talked about it. Forty two creatures in the deck, not a lot of token generator type mm -hmm. stuff. So. With Animar, I have a lot of different combos in here, ways to get stuff back to hand, to recast it. I got blinking type of effects. And this card allows me to draw a card for a non-token creature entering the battlefield. But the thing I love about it is that it's a May effect. We're talking Soul of the Harvest. Mm -hmm. Usually, I'm not into these card draw things, but this being repeatable <laughs> and controllable, I'm here for it. So, four colorless green green, or let's be frank, it's going to cost me green green, because yep. he will be mid to late game. Creature elemental, 6-6. Six, six. Trample. Whenever a non another non-token creature you control enters the battlefield, you may draw a card, and unfortunately, there is a paragraph I have to read. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yes, okay, cool. Uh, we have our old pal, Talara, Elvish Safe Right, and you lucked out, you SOB, Pikachu. <gasps> yes! <laughs> Thank God. Uh, Pika, 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 Pikachu, Pika. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there right. you go. So, uh, yeah, I... Sometimes when it's a creature entering the battlefield draw card, it's not a May effect. Like mm -hmm. they have other ones where it's like you have to pay one and then you get to do it. Yeah. But for the most part, it's not a May effect or it's a cast effect. Whenever you cast a creature, you get to draw a card. Uh, Zendikar Resurgent, for example. 
So Soul of the Harvest, I'm a big fan of because I could sit there and do some of my hops and yeast and spice package stuff and just draw a card, draw a card, draw a yep. card, draw a card. Ah, you know what? I think I'm good for now. I'll stop, but I'm going to keep doing my loop. Uh, it just gives me that flexibility. Exactly. You're going to be paying this late game. It can punch face in and of its own stuff. I think this is a card that people overlook a lot, and I think it's a card that we should be seeing a lot more play, especially in mono green creature decks. This is just going to get out quick and get out drawing your cards. And for only a dollar. Yes. Exactly. All right, Tuck, round out the grain section. Okay, so I this is going to bring up another discussion, which we'll get to in just a second, but I'll just get right into it. This is one of the most efficient ways to put counters onto Animar because it does it all by itself for one blue mana. Shrieking Drake, what a bonkers card. So one blue mana for a 1-1 flying summon Drake from Visions for 84 cents. When it comes into play, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Uh, let me rephrase that. When this comes into play, return Shrieking Drake back to its owner's hand. Uh, and there is some flavor text here read by Old Pilot the Fairy, which if I remember correctly, goes a little something like this. Caravac believes the Drake's cries heralded his victory, Mother Effer. <clears throat> In truth, they were loud for his impending demise. Wait, hold on. I got another one. Just uh, blew you up. I blew you up. I know. There's a <laughs> oh, hold on. Uh, haven't you seen my movies, <laughs> Juice? That was a good one. For eighty, this card at some point was like five bucks, and yeah. for eighty-four cents, it's completely bonkers. This is where I want to ask you: When I locked in this card, Chulain, Animar, similar decks to some extent, right? Okay. They really care about creatures entering the battlefield and leaving. Do you think? We talked about Teamer this being red. Do you think that Chulane having access to white makes it a more versatile commander and less glass cannony with these same sort of builds? No, because they're different. Okay. Animar actually cares about casting. Sure. She only cares about enter the battlefield. Right. So I think that's the difference. Is like a Chulane is easier to do, and with white, white does blinking left and right. Right, right, Red doesn't really do uh, that. Red doesn't really do uh, bouncing creatures back to hand. So really, the red doesn't really do anything for Animar. I mean, if you really think about it, uh, like, what does red really give an Animar deck? It really just gives it access to the gruel stuff that may be good. right, 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 yeah. But... I feel like white and Chulane really helps Chulane. It really helps uh, identify the deck. It gives it an identity. Right. Yeah, totally agree. But yeah, Shrieking Drake, very good as it turns out. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up the ramp and grain section. Let's go ahead and head over to the board state and hot profile and Big Tuck. Man, um, I have a feeling we're going to be matching. Uh, <laughs> the, this, just... this was a very heavy grain. And similar to this beer I just finished, it's a very heavy grain deck. Yep. Uh, and not a whole lot of hops, yeast, and X, Y, and Zs. So what's your first hop card? Okay. It's an enchantment. Okay. Yeah, I figured as much. Are you Are you ready? Three, I am. Two, one. Asceticism. <laughs> Three colorless double green for an enchantment. Uh, that's a rare for 11 bucks. And since this was my pick, I will go ahead and give the new voice provided by our old pal, Chuck the Slice. <clears throat> 
Oh yeah! Let my enemy build walls thicker than iron and stronger than dark steel. I got you for three minutes, you freak. Uh, and that obviously is run the last troll. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage should have been on the board many, many moons ago. Oh, absolutely. Here's what I have to say uh, about this. If this card didn't cost $13, how many more decks do you think you'd be propagated into? Well, I think we still need to read what the card does. Oh, so correct. So can understand why it's 13. So creatures you control can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control. Basically, all your creatures get hexproof and then a colorless green regenerate target creature. If this card was $2, it'd be in, like, what, every other green deck out there? Why wouldn't it be in all the green decks? Yeah. I mean, that, that's that, that's green decks that care about Green decks that care about creatures. You could put it in a green deck that cares about your commander. It's yeah. just literally one other way to give it hexproof. People put swift foot boots in decks that sure. don't really care about creatures but care about the commanders. So, yeah, if this card was $2, it would be the... I think it has to be not as frequently printed to keep that price up so it doesn't right. become the next soul ring because this is soul ring because there's zero reason why you wouldn't do, run do it. you feel this is like staple territory i kind of yeah, think so right yeah uh, but don't worry mr combo luckily wizards finally thought about their consumers for once and decided to gift us as one of the 1500 cards that was made into re mystery boosters <laughs> Well, you you know that just definitely tanked the price because yes. I mean, just you everyone was getting one of those, just in every single one at 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 the rare slot, nonetheless. Well, my second one is you could kind of say a backup commander, just because I do have forty two creatures in the deck. Uh, Homeboy likes to protect my creatures from being countered and gives them trample. So Ciroc Dragonclaw. Ah, I was too. Ah, I was too late to the new thing. No, we're, we're no. trying a new thing. Yep. So two colorless teamer, green, blue, red, legendary creature, human warrior, mythic. It's a six, six. And I will read this flavor text, uh, but Tuck will read the card. Okay. And we have Vraska, which is the Helen Bomb Connor witch from Harry Potter. Let her rip. I don't like this. It's so easy. Both his rank and his scars were earned in single combat against a cave bear. Sad. <laughs> I thought you were going to go. That was so sad. <laughs> and the sad it's... thing is I just saw Harry Potter um, in the Order of the Phoenix in live concert. Right. And so I just heard her laughing like a week ago. <laughs> uh, so he is a 6'6 legendary creature human warrior. Uh, that has flash. He can't be countered. Creature spells you can't you control can't be countered, and other creatures you control have trample. So Oof. actually, sidebar is he an auto include in the Gila decks? Perhaps we'll be getting to that at a later date. But Ooh. yes, I think so. I think you have to have them. Like it's so strange the warrior the sets that they have warriors and not right. Yeah. But Ciroc, he, he kind of made a presence in here because, A, six years ago, it's like, ooh, legendary, you're cool, throw you yeah. in. Uh, but actually, I think this card actually does a lot for the deck. Um, the fact that you can flash him out, because a lot of it can be, you know, 
uh, spell on the stack. I'm casting Animar. Someone's like, ah, oh, I'm going to counter spell. And it's like, you know what? Flash in Sorak. You yep. actually can't counter it. I think we're good. Or even I have an Animar. He's a 15-15. I'm going to swing. They think they're going to block with a 1-1 token. Flash in Sorak. I just yeah. dealt 14 command damage. It's the, I think the big thing that he does is the flash. If he didn't have yes. flash, he wouldn't be nearly as good. I, I completely agree, and to stack onto that, the trample bit is also really key, because creatures not getting countered is okay, right? The meta I play now is like very little blue is played, so things that prevent countering is becoming le less and less, but that's still important when you're playing this, especially in Kansas City, which is a much more controlled base, but the fact that it also gives trample to all your creatures makes it stack up so fast, such a solid utility card, and like you said... In a pinch, can be a little bit of a backup commander if you're just mana flooded and just are going to cast the creatures the iron with paying the iron price. Absolutely. All right, Tuck, give us your last hop. This is what I thought you were going to go with because it's one of the few instants that you have in the deck, and this is I think this is very cute on your behalf because stubborn denial is a phenomenal, cute. phenomenal counterspell. Summer Denial is one blue for an instant. It's a uh, uncommon from Tars of uh, from Kansa Tarkir for about a buck, buck twenty. Counter target creature spell unless its controller pays one. Target non creature spell. Thank you. Unless its controller pays one. Okay, so it's a uh, mana type, or is it? Yeah. Bum bum bum. Ferocious. If you control a creature with power four or greater, counter that spell instead. And there is just a tiny little bit of favorplex, which is going to be your uh, Academy Researcher, Sarah Goldfarb, the crazy old lady from Requiem for a Dream. So I think this is the first time I've had to do this one. So let's see if we still got it. <clears throat> the doctor said I could be skinny again, but the <laughs> teamer said there's no patience for subtlety, Geraldino. <laughs> This card, to me, in this deck has no downside because you don't possibly care about creature spells unless they're like some creature board wipe. You're going to be able to outvalue them with all of your massive amounts of creatures. Are going yeah. to be, the things you're going to be worried about are board wipes, potentially counter spells, single targeted removal that can actually target Animar. All yep. of that for one blue that at no point in the game, unless you're absolutely desperate, it's the, the, the first block of text in this deck might as well be blank. Yeah. This is a better swan song in this deck. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hands 100, down. Yeah, 100%. It's able, to, it's able to hit more, and most likely I'm always doing it for a single blue. And, th and that's been my thing. I can't believe this card's at over a dollar. It's so strong. Like, it's really good in dragon decks, which is where I first saw it. Like, oh, any, of okay. those, any of those tribals that kind of get up into the four or five colors, this is just bonkers in. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this, great target for this that you'd probably be wetting yourself when it came down. Uh, and uh, Ugin, the original Ugin, just a board wipe. Oh. Yeah. And this one, like, no, right? Yeah. Swan Song can't do that. No. Yeah. No. Uh, no. No. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the board state and hot profile. Now we're going to go over to how Animar wins with the yeast package. Tuck, it's here. It's absolutely here. Are you guys ready for just maybe doing a little bit of a mill plan? Let's go. <sighs> Altar of the Brood. <laughs> Talking <laughs> colorless artifact rare. Love this card. 
$6 almost. Whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. And I will gladly read this flavor text. All right, hold on. You can just, I can just feel the, the air being dragged down my lungs. It's uh, <clears throat> Tamyo, the Sorcerer Supreme, Tilda Swinton. Supplicants offer flesh and silver, flowers and blood. The altar takes what it will. Stephen, eyes gleaming with unspoken promises. <laughs> Stephen. So, Alter the Brood, guys, it's here. It's in the yeast package. And the reason it's in the yeast package, well, first off, I think this was my second deck I ever put this in, this card in. Uh, the first one was Karametra, then it was Zaheer. So, sure. this is before my obsession became an obsession. This was just like, oh, it's this was back with my simplistic thinking and why I think the card is good. It's one mana to play it. No one usually will ever blow it up unless they've played me before. And it's just going to mill everyone probably 30 or 40 collective cards. But in this deck, it's in the yeast package because we do a lot of combo permanents entering, going back, entering, going back. And it's one of the ways I win. Uh, if I can get Alter the Brood down and I have Animar and one or two other pieces, I should win on... I'll rephrase that. I should mill everyone on the spot, and then we'll see at their upkeeps if I actually win. I'm going to do an impression of my new boss real quick. Uh, so he always has this, whenever we're talking about anything, one-on-ones, Salesforce report, he always does this thing. He's like, well, <laughs> I think that this card is good in the deck. I I think that you're. I think that you're usually way off, way off base, and slamming this every deck that you are. But it is very good in this deck. Oh, uh, I, I thought credit. you were doing a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> it was the impression. It was his impression. No, you actually saying that the card's good in the deck. I thought that was the joke, and then you're going to be oh. like, actually, it's trash. No, no. I that's I reserve that for most spice packages when we bring that up. That's what I reserve that my hatred to you putting this in here. Um, it is good in this deck. I think it's. I think it's kind of underrated a little bit different way to go than just i'm gonna cycle infinitely um gives you a way out non-combat i cannot believe and i still think this is your fault mr combo this is a five dollar bulk rare from as much as i'd love to i would love to take credit for it it's just because of bruvac i mean well oh sure honest. yeah why not uh this card this card spiked once bruvac got printed uh but i mean look just think guys if you three and a half years ago would have bought 200 copies of Alter of the Brood for a dollar. You can now sell them for six times that amount. I'm just saying, better than a stock. Better than a stock. <laughs> More efficient. Bitcoin, go to hell. Alter yeah. the Brood. Yeah, Alter the Brood coin all day. Uh, we all could have been, we all could have been, we all could have taken a taste. We all could have taken a taste. Well, Tuck, why don't you give us your first game winner? We don't have a lot. And I think that has to do with deck hasn't been touched a bunch. So what did yep. you think was interesting? Um, I have, uh, this one's just one of the more stock ones that's in these decks. It's something that might you might find in the cloud and certainly not ever see in a reprint. I just only want to bring it up just because this is, I think this is one of the few reasons why this card is so expensive. Our old pal, Cloudstone Curio. Have to have it if you're running Animar. I'm sorry. It's just how it goes. Three colorless for an artifact for $50. Whenever a non-artifact... <gasps> oh my god! What? $50? Yeah! It's it's only I think it's only been printed in like 
this and an invocation or something stupid wow. like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, an invention, rather. Anyway, whenever a non-artifact permanent comes into play under your control, you may return another permanent you control that shares a permanent type with it to its owner's hand. Uh, and we do have a little bit of flavor text to read here, which is one of our personal favorites, uh, the Kundros from the land of Ikoria, a.k.a. Lisa Kudrow. Like, it wants to remain a mystery, Banishing the curious and flavor of less inquisitive company, Smelly Cat. One of my least favorite ones to do, but what can you do? Look, it's thank all you. right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little. I appreciate it. I really think that people playing playing Animars cost us to be a $50 card, right? If you look at, I guarantee if you look at the distribution of Animar lists, this is in probably 75 or more of them, and people have this. I think yeah. it's a cute card. I'm hard pressed to think of a deck off the top of my head that needs it as much as this does to win. Um, and this is just really the most efficient way to get this out. You can get it out turn three. Someone blows it up. Boohoo. You got your altar of the brood waiting right around the corner. It just, it's just so much value in one measly artifact. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And uh, so you actually, would you like to hear top commanders that this card resides in? Yes. It's in 41% of Jessica Thrice Reborn and Timna the Weaver decks. What? 34% of Seton Croson Protector decks. Who? 33% of Dargo the Shipwrecker and Thrasios decks. What? Wait, what? 32% in Baron Tolian Archmage decks. 28% in Kodama of the Eastrian Sakashima. And then before mm. we see any legitimate numbers, the final one's Chulane, 26% of Chulane decks, 44, or it's an 1100 of the 4,400. Animar doesn't even show up till the bottom. It's only an 800 Animar decks out of 4,000. So it's what? less than 20% of Animar decks. Why? Because people can't afford to play it? That's got to be the only reason, right? I mean, uh, but think about it. Chulane, it's in 367 more Chulane decks than Animar decks, just total net numbers. Do you think that's just because people aren't building Animar as much anymore? Probably. Probably, yeah. Think about it. People might have taken, like you tried to do the correlation earlier with Chulane. People might have deconstructed Animar to then build Chulane. So the decks are just falling off. And yeah. remember, EDH rec guys, everyone, the data is only from decks that have been updated in the last two years. So it could be people like oh. my Animar list from years ago and just haven't touched it. Yeah, that so. they're like, I, there's not, there's like maybe a card that'll come out every four years that I add into yeah. this or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you all but, are fools. <laughs> the card's great. Um, now, I will say my deck is not optimized for Cloudstone Curio. Usually in Animar decks that leverage Cloudstone Curio are doing the Eldrazi effect. That's right. colorless, so then they just basically flicker them back and forth for free. My deck, I usually get stuck because really my I only have one colorless Eldrazi. Everything else, it's like an artifact. And this does say non-artifact permanent comes into play. You may return another permanent. So I could bounce an artifact creature or an artifact permanent. I just can't get its effect when I do it. So it is something a little bit interesting uh, that you have to play around, especially with my build. And once again, that goes to, I built this six plus years ago. I didn't realize I was supposed to do the Eldrazi stuff. Only one Eldrazi for now. Only one for now. All right, well, let's go to my number two. 
We like to navigate, Tuck, and we're going to navigate oh, to sure. the end game. <laughs> Go ahead. We're talking Dead Eye Navigator, baby. Uh, Four colorless, blue, blue, five, five. Like I said, guys, he's going to have a violent outburst by the end. <laughs> we're talking a creature spirit. It's a rare for uh, eight bucks, which I'm shocked. I thought it'd be more expensive. Yeah. Uh, it has Soulbound, which means you may pair this creature with another unpaired creature when they... When either enters the battlefield, they remain paired for as long as you control both of them. So essentially, if you cast a Dead Eye Navigator, you can soul bound it or soul bond it to another creature. If another creature enters the battlefield, you could choose to un uh, you could choose to put Dead Eye Navigator on it as long as um, I don't think there's any restriction with it. Um, no. Now, as long as Unless Dead Eye Navigator, if it has protection from blue, you can't blue. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Um, as long as Dead Eye Navigator is paired with another creature, each of those creatures have pay a blue and a colorless, exile this creature, then return it to the battlefield under your control. So, this card is anti-Animar, because Animar needs cast. This is ETB. But, I have some amazing cards that in ETB, you know, we kind of skipped over them in the grain section, because they're they're kind of stock. Sure. Um, Great so, whale, you know, if you will. Great Whale, you know, that's a five colorless blue blue. It's a five five when it comes into play. Untap up to seven lands for 22 bucks. Um, you know, we talked about the Cloud of Fairies. It's not as great, but technically that is infinite because you can always pay yep. the two. Um, I do actually have some bounce lands in here. So Cloud of Fairies could net me a mana for each uh, rendition I do. So there's a lot of stuff that Dead Eye does for the deck. I th And I think that's the reason it's a yeast and not a spice. It would be a spice if it was only for one other card, right. which I have a card in spice. It's like that. But I think the fact that there's like eight or nine different things I could pair with Deadeye and kind of do its thing makes it a yeast card for sure. I'm now remembering why I hated seeing all these decks because Deadeye combos were left, right, and center back when I was playing in Chicago. Drink. Uh it's like the greasiest card you can put in a deck, in my opinion. Uh, I hate it. I think I have a copy that I should just immediately go sell for something else. Because I think I got it for 50 cents for some deck a million years ago. Uh, I hate it. Good fit for the deck. All right, Tuck. <laughs> give us your next yeast. This one is interesting because I think if you play this right, it's this is, I think, another enchantment, of which I have two more to discuss. And I feel like this one is a real utility player enchantment in this deck, both offensively, defensively, reactively, unactively, anything like that. But we're going to go to our old pal, Christian Bale, who was one of the clerics who knew Gunkata in Equilibrium. One color is double blue for an enchantment. It's a rare, uh, about eight bucks now. So there you have it for, uh, from 7th edition, I guess you have it. When you play a creature spell, you may pay one. If you do return target creature to its owner's hand, there's a little bit of flavor text. Let me go ahead in here. Again, I've been very lucky because for some reason, I have a very good chance of doing women's voices. And this is uh, Freilis, who's Keira Knightley. Sorry, check that. Uh, Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean. <clears throat> Seek balance in all things as long as the scales are weighted in your favor parlay uh it's from parlayarian serene equilibrium is awesome um i think this card is underplayed and i love it in this deck because if you are doing your big mana bounce of it feeds into your 
game-winning strategy, right? If you don't have your game-winning strategy out, your altos to the broods, these other things that we've talked about, like you talked about, these glass cannon pieces, this is still an amazingly reactive card, right? Bouncing, like any any creature, opponents, yours, wherever you need it to go, this is going to be something that's going to net you that value. You'll always have one mana spared to play with this. Even if you have, even if you are, even if you have unlimited mana, quote-unquote, from your loops, and you can't win the game, you can reset it so far back that you probably will end up be able to win it anyways, or yeah. just feed into your game-winning strategy. It's just such a sweet card. I mean, essentially in this deck, this is kind of my Cyclonic Rift. Yes, yes. Like, th- this great point. Fear, it, it, if, if I don't have a way to win, but at least have a way to do some, you know, casting rigmarole, equilibrium, it's like, okay, I netted one from Cloud of Fairies, I'm going to bounce that, net one from Cloud of Fairies, bounce that, net one from Cloud of Fairies, bounce that. Yeah. Um, and technically, every time you're playing that creature spell, casting it, Animar's getting bigger, your spells are costing less and less totally. and less. So you're absolutely right. I think... I think Equilibrium is a card that people see and they're like, ooh, that seems nasty, but it's it's an enchantment. It's whatever. I'm sure yeah. there's probably something worse. And then it just gets real annoying. But then it's that one turn that right. literally just <laughs> blows up and you go ham. We need to get the like the, the keyboards, you know what I'm talking about from ball games. That's the effect we oh need. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, my last one, it was a card that was on the ban list. They took it off the ban list. Oh. We're talking Painter Servant. I always thought this card was weird. Didn't really know why anyone would ever want to play it. And then I put it in my Animar deck, and it's kind of good. <laughs> Two colorless artifact creature scarecrow. It's a rare. Oh, it's a I, one I just figured it out. Yep. Yeah. 62 <laughs> bucks for the uh, uh, masterpiece copy that I have. As Painter Servant enters the battlefield, choose a color. All cards that aren't on the battlefield, spells and permanents that are the chosen color in addition to their other colors. So uh, it comes in, and usually I'm going to say black or white. And then Animar becomes unblockable, and I just one-shot people to death. And yeah, uh, this card is silly, but don't forget that there is a little bit more work you have to do here. Ugh. And we have, oh, your per, your favorite, our old pal Ashiok, the choir. Oh, hell. Get those out. Get those. Get those. You got to warm them up. Warm up those wolves. It, it, Come on. Let's go. Wait, wait. Isn't Ashiok Angelina Jolie from Beowulf or something? No, that's. uh, Or is that Vraska? No, Vraska's the witch. You're going to have to make me pull up the voice list. Do the choir boy thing. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's what. This whimsical automation helps create beautiful murals. The stance of guard as they try. That's all I got. Wow, that was incredible. That was great. <laughs> the stance so, as they try. Yeah, so uh, I, was, I was trying to do like a little like Whoopi Goldberg. like sure, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, this card just... This, you could make the argument this is a spice card. I think the only reason I don't make it a spice card is because I always have access to my commander. Unlike one of my other spices that you have to have a card in the grain section and your commander to really make it worth it. So, uh, paint to serve it, two card combo. Um, You still got to get Animar big, but man, it can do some work. 
It's so frustrating. The last thing I'll say is that I think that this card was banned for a stupid amount of long time. Like, I think this is, if we talk about, we've talked about the ban list before on previous podcasts. This is one where I think it's more hom- more harmless than it is some sort of big haymaker that everyone needs to be wary of. Well, it was so dumb because it only got unbanned because they banned Iona. Right, yeah. Which, I, I don't think anyone was complaining about Iona Painter Servant decks. So. Yeah, yeah, they were just complaining about Iona the card. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tuck, give us your final enchantment in the yeast package. Another great, um, another great counter kind of gimmick boy that we got going on here. Very great inclusion. Hadana's Climb, right? And I think this is one of those flipped enchantments that we don't see enough of. So for colorless, uh, a green and a blue, that's Simic. It's a rare legendary enchantment for about three bucks that says at the beginning of combat in your turn, put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. Then if that creature has three or more 1-1 counters on it, transform Hadana's Climb into Winged Temple of Orazgul. So it has it's a legendary land that taps for one mana of any color to your mana pool. And then for colorless and Simic, that's a blue and a green, Tap, target creature control gains flying and gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is its power. And <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, what was the uh what was the accent that you were asking about literally last time? Oh uh Angelina <laughs> Joey from Beowulf. Liliana, here we go. Adana leaks power in the service of peace. Not a fan. I that, that okay. Now listen, I'll admit to you that's a tough one, and I haven't seen that it, movie in a long time. <laughs> it's very hard. Uh, anyway, this is a ve- this this increasing savagery were two of the picks that whenever you built this deck a gazillion years ago, I was like very impressed by right because in any situation, Hedonic's climb is good for you, right? Yeah. Even if you can't flip it, even if you can, there's some of these things, there's some of these flip cards where there's times where you don't want to, right? We're like, I'd rather not. Like, I'd rather have the ability yep. on the face and not have to flip it over. But here, they're all good. You're yeah. pretty much getting a one-man reduction on your creatures every turn on the front. Or, again, similar to, pa- to Painter's Servant, you're turning you're turning Animar into something that's even more difficult to block, right? Yep. Black, white, and flying that's really, really hard and a really, really strong evasion. Absolutely. I mean, I have killed people with Animar and flipping Hadana's Climb. Really? Fairly frequently. Yeah. Awesome. Be- because it the it's the people on the ground. It's the 1-1 elves, the 2-2 two, two zombies that always get in the way. Uh, the zombie's a bad example because that's black, but you guys get what I'm trying to, three, to three say Three-three beasts is another very Yeah, there we go. Name. So uh, being able to give it flying is huge huge but here's something that i've actually never done and just rereading the card i think i should do more of this it's you only flip it if that creature that you put the counters on it has three uh or more right. so it's like animar has seven but honestly someone has a strip mine out i don't want to flip it exactly some of yeah. the so, some of these transform cards you're just forced you have to do it it's nice that i could be like you know what i'll throw a plus one plus one on uh, painter servant there Suck we it. go. Yeah. It. <laughs> Suck it. So yeah, I really, really like that. It's cool. It's a it's a it's a really, really fun inclusion. Um and I think that was a Mikhail card from way back in the day. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Because I believe he would do that a lot in his Ramos deck. Yes, correct. Which was filthy. 
All right, well, that's going to wrap up the yeast and how Animar wins games. Let's head over to a quite robust spice package. Very robust. Nick Tuck, why don't you start off? What is the spicy boy you feel you want to talk about? I think you, I don't remember what deck it was. You recommended this to me in one of the decks that I was working on as of spice pick, something a little fun. This card, this elder dragon, if you will, is very overcosted on its face. But if you can get it down for half the price, I think there's a lot of cute synergies and a lot of cute things you can do with it. And that card is Intent the Dreamer. So three colorless, uh, blue, green, and a red for a 6-6 legendary creature dragon. It has flying. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two colorless and a blue. If you do, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may play that card without paying its mana cost for as long as intent remains on the battlefield. Also, interestingly enough, I don't know if you knew this, both this and one of your other spices were the backup commanders to this deck when it first got printed. Yep, which is sure very did. cute. Nice. Yep. So, is this card great for six? No. Is this card good for three? Yeah, it's really good. I don't. I. I'm guessing this is going to go to the chopping block for you. I can kind of get that read from you. Yeah, which is totally fair. I get it. I just think that this is cute as another way. Once it's down, this is going to be a huge threat, right? People are going to spend all sorts of resources trying to get rid of Animar, and then now you're going to start getting this incremental value over time, right? The fact that it's the two colors and a blue, and it stays there in perpetuity, I think also is interesting, right? As you're building up Animar, if you exile some big creature, you can hold it there until Animar gets big enough to cast it for nothing, fueling into everything else. That being said, this is a slam dunk spice card in this deck. Yeah, well, so one point of correction, you don't have to worry about Animar, because when you pay the three, you get to play the card for free. So there is no right. mana that you have to deal with. But the only reason it's on the chopping block for me is that it has to deal combat damage to the player. And I get it. If it just dealt damage to a player, you could just ping it, um, yep. and then it'd be broken. But for me, I don't have a lot of double strike, if mm -hmm. any, in this deck. So I think if I had double strike... And it was something that this deck was more combat focused than combo focused. Mm -hmm. I would definitely leave it. And even if it was a spice, it would still be a good spice. But most of the time when I'm swinging, it's a massive swing or an Animar swing. It's not an incremental value. Sure, Let me yeah. ping you for six. With one here, yeah. One here, one there, yeah. And with the CMC being a 4-3-2, you know, um, I, I'd like to lower it. But look, I think the card is very interesting. Um, if you could figure out a way to like, you know, on combat, you know, okay, with ability on the stack, I'm actually going to make you put that card on top of your library and now I get it for free. That right. seems pretty cool. There's a lot of interesting uh, design space around Intet the Dreamer. I just think for probably the way that this Animar deck is built, it's probably just, you know, it's, not, it's not the one. Too, cu too cute. A too little cute. too, a little too sweaty. Ooh. Well, mine is our dearly departed audio producer. Oh. We're talking Squee the Immortal. Uh, <laughs> colorless Red Red, Legendary Creature Gabo. It's a rare, it's a 2-1 for a buck 30. And it reads, you may cast Squee the Immortal from your graveyard or from exile with a little bit of flavor. Slam dunk one to go out on. Dovin, uh, hashtag suck at Dovin. Nobody likes you. Uh, the mumble coach from Waterboy. <laughs> I 
I like how everyone forgets in that movie there's a scene where they're like, where is the where is that coach, right? And it cuts to him wasted drunk with a bunch of cheerleaders, and one of them's got like the badger head on, like falling all yes. over itself. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So if you guys are curious, the card I'm talking about, yes, there is a food chain in sure. the deck. It's a way to get me some infinite mana. Um, and be able to cast out some creatures because this is that's kind of my backup to Animar because it only does the colorless piece of it. But this also does get me infinite enter the battlefield effects. We've talked about Alter the Brood. We talked about Soul uh, Soul Harvest um, being able to you know that helped me draw out the deck. No, we don't do any type of Labman Thassa's Oracle type stuff. Um, well, why would you? You have Alter the Brood, right? <laughs> oh, that's very true. Uh, so yeah, Squee, it's, it's good in here. Uh, could I talk about some other spices? Yes, but I actually do believe if you're doing an Animar deck, you're probably doing a food chain combo in there and Squee the Immortal just has to be in there. Yeah, why not? Like it, it's a spice because it's a dead draw 90% of the time, or it's a two, one blocker for three that you just need something to live for another turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. Like it's a cute card. Um, he's a little gabloon. He's a little gabloon. <laughs> Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the spice package. <laughs> All right. Well, now we'll head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, this is Big Tux and I's cuts and adds to the deck. They're going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. Just can't talk about mana-only lands. So uh, there's a lot that needs to happen here, Tuck. I don't disagree. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm shamed to say there's some staples I did not put in this deck. It's very uh, frustrating. If, if I may join with you, I feel that there is... So my two are... I have two that are quality of life improvements, as we call them, right? Like QOLs in the in the IT world. And then there's one that I'm going to rub in your face. <laughs> well, this one that I'm starting off with might be the rub in the face. But okay. the first okay. card I'm going to cut from the deck is I actually am going to cut Terastodon. Yeah. Six colorless yeah. green green creature elephante. It's a nine nine. Nine nine nine. Nine nine nine. Uh, and when Terracidon enters the battlefield, you may destroy up to three target non-creature permanents. For each permanent put into a graveyard this way, its controller puts a three-three green elephant creature token onto the battlefield. It's about a quarter. So my thought on this, even though you could make the argument green green, you blow up three of the worst non-creature permanents uh with Animar out. He's increasing my CMC quite a bit. Yeah. And I've actually seen Terracidon. Like, I've even seen my opponents play Terracidon. And everyone's like, okay, well, for sure, I got to get rid of that. Well, I guess I'm going to get rid of one of your lands. I'm sorry. Here's a 3-3 elephant token. Or I guess you don't. Or I've even used it on myself because it's like, I just need stuff. It just, I think the non-creature component, if it just said destroy target permanent, yeah, St- I would. That would still be playable for eight, but the non-creature permanent. That I don't know. I don't like it. This is a card that I that I used to kind of be under the influence of. Yep, goes in every deck, right? If you're running green creatures, why not? Right? What a removal! And mm-hmm. there's still some edge cases where it's like, and a Golgari deck, turn one and tomb, turn two, reanimate. The game's over, right? Or those yep. sort of like bizarro shenanigans of blinking it or something like that. I just don't like even at the cents price, right? For twenty three cents, this didn't make the cut in my budget all creatures deck. To be honest with you, because I was really? like, "Really? Wow!" Because it, 
Because I was like, well, I have to get it to eight mana to just destroy three non-creatures. Like, then I'm just gonna yeah. die to the then I'm just gonna die to the beast tokens I make, right? Because I literally this is literally like a reset button. So Teresan's been a card that's always been near and dear to my heart, but to your point, I think it's starting to show its age a little bit, you know? Yeah, I agree. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, the card I'm gonna add, uh, you get it for three dollars and forty-eight cents. So stupid. Uh, <laughs> Turns there is a secret layer for 10 bucks, which is kind of cool looking. Uh, don't know what secret layer that's from, but we're talking about Team or Sabretooth, guys. Um, two colorless green, green creature cat. It's a 4-3. Uh, colorless green, you may return another creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, Team or Sabretooth gains indestructible until end of turn. We talked about the Great Whales, the Palinocrons, the Parakeen yeah. Drakes, the Cloud of Fairies. Like, all of those guys basically say, with Team or Sabretooth out, we're going to go infinite um, into ETB effects. But the great thing about this is that this actually does supplement Animar, because I'm going to be able to recast that stuff. Yeah. And the first time I do it, him getting indestructible, it makes it almost impossible for my opponents to really interact the loop if they let it go off at least once. It's, yeah, it's just another equilibrium sort of rigmarole. The only thing I'll say about this, this was, in fact, one of the uh, one of the combo pieces that in the misaligned game with that youth at MTG Fest that Kansas youth, City. That the youth. youth. My deck's so blinged. I hope that guy, this is my end goal for this whole conversation. I hope that guy grows up in some place, right, and listens to this podcast. And then I'm leaving here, you know, going out to the forerunner, and some guy just walks up and shoots me in the head. And it's that kid. He's like, I've been listening to this for 10 years. And then out of nowhere, you just hear. (laughs) You just hear. Way to to go, child. Way to go. (laughs) He's like, if you weren't wearing sunglasses, then you wouldn't have been shot in the head. (laughs) So anyways, yeah. Team or Sabretooth, I think it's a slam dunk upgrade over Terracidon. Very good. Big Tuck, what are you cutting? What are you adding? All right, these two are cutting ones that I think have better options in the deck. So I'm actually going to cut Domi, Domri Raid, the OG one. <gasps> oh. Just listen. All right. Don't don't worry. He don't worry. I like this card a lot too. But I think there's a better there's a better option. So Domi Raid is a colorless and Gruel that's green and a red for a Planeswalker Domri that's a 3 drop plus 1 look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. Minus two, target creature control fights another target creature. Minus seven, you get an emblem with creatures you control have double strike, trample, hexproof, and haste. I like this card a lot. I think it's cute. I think it's fun. It's cheap. This is, But I just don't feel like... I feel like it's going to get blasted. I just don't feel like it does enough for this deck, right? And maybe it will probably draw you card a couple times, but we already have piles of other cards in here that are going to draw you cards all the time. So I'm less worried about that. But here's what I think, because eventually Animar might die, right? And you could use a little bit of a boost to get Animar out. So I think Dombri Anarchabolus for the mm. same CMC is a better card. So one colorless and gruel for a legendary planeswalker Dombri that comes in with three loyalty. Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. Not irrelevant in Animar. Plus one, add a green or a red. Creature spells you cast this turn can't be countered. And then minus two, target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. So I like this as a little bit more of a ramp package, right? If if Animar is dead, this is going to give you something to go with. We talked about how Surak is really good to protect things from getting countered. I just mm-hmm. feel like Domri, if you put this Domri in, it could potentially go into more of a hop than a spice. So I hear you. I think the biggest 
issue I have, and you already alluded it, so I know what one of your other cuts is uh, with the Guru Kent. Uh, I think the thing that you might be missing out on is that almost half the deck is creature cards. Oh, sure. So most likely I am drawing a card for that plus one, and we all know that I'm not the best at drawing cards. And the mana for me is inconsequential because the whole goal of the deck is to be infinite. I do like sure. the creatures get the plus one plus O oh, because I do have 42 of them. I do like that it still has the fight effect because that was one thing I was going to bring up is I do like the negative two because yeah. if Animar having protection from white and black, a lot of times I don't care. I'm going to kill your whatever um, right. and it's going to die. Even so, with like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's worth looking at and uh, I know I have a bunch of them because it just seemed like yeah. they handed those out like freaking candy with the uh, secret layer drops. Yeah. At buck fifty, you know, it's it. Yeah. Even, this is a card. I feel like even if you buy it and it's not the right fit for this deck, there will be a deck that you will build that this will be a good card in. That's fair. All right, under fifty dollars, we are cutting my uh, really bad rift in Brine Elemental. Oh yeah. Uh, Brine Elemental, four colorless blue blue creature elemental. It's a five four. Um. And it does have more for five colorless blue, blue. So this is the only reason the card was in the deck. You may cast this card face down as a 2-2 creature for three colorless. Turn it face up anytime for its morph cost. If it's turned face up, each opponent skips his or her next untapped step. So the only reason it was in the deck, guys, because there is a... I talked about the Eldrazi build of Animar. Well, there's right. a morph build of Animar. Because right. you can just literally play your morph creatures back and forth. It's free because they're colorless. He gets infinitely huge. And then you, maybe you start using that extra mana or something to do stuff with i uh, i don't to me just having a single morph creature or a single eldrazi get rid of that stuff and actually get things that do more flavor to the deck so i think cutting brine elemental just makes a lot of sense and it's going to help reduce my cmc yeah i, I there's a there's this uh thing called the pickle lock that you can do with turning uh brine elemental up and down um, which you can do in morph decks, but again, I think for doing this one time and then having to bounce them and reset it and then cat then flip it over again for seven is probably not really worth it when it's not the main build of the deck, right? Yeah, if Animar was able to reduce the morph cost, mm. then I think it'd still be worth keeping in there. But playing it for free, then paying seven each time it, and then yeah, having to like figure out a way to bounce it again. That's what am it I just doing? It like wipes out the point of casting it for the morph cost, right? Yeah, it's almost at that point. If you have seven mana every turn and you're trying to do a lockout, just do Nexus of Fate loop and sure. actually like win the game. Yeah. So agreed. we're going to cut that for a great card that actually does a little bit of what Tuck's other card, the Domri Raid, does. We're talking Rhythm of the Wild. Oh, yes. This card is incredible. Colorless Gruel, red and green, enchantment, uncommon, insane. Bonkers. Creature spells you control can't be countered, and non-creature, non-token creatures you control have riot. So they enter the battlefield with either a plus one counter or haste. Uh, so if it's Anabar, he's coming in with a counter 1,000% of the time, <laughs> unless someone's just at 20 command damage and I got to get him for one. Yep. Uh, all my other creatures, it just kind of depends on what I'm doing. But the creature spells you control can't be countered, that's huge. So I think this yep. for three mana does a lot. I... It's also $5, which is stupid because it's an uncommon from Ravnica. But yep. um, I think that shows its power. Uh, here's my conceit. Great card. I think actually leaving mm, to your 
<sighs> Are you okay? I'm torn. Mm. This is a very this is a very great compliment to the Domri Anarchobolus. And the only reason why I wouldn't say this one's immediately better is because Domri does have that removal option to him as my cut. Sure, sure. Yep. Right? But I'd agree. To your point, this card is bonkers. And also a slam dunk. Can we get an explosion? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love to see it. All right. Well, Tuck, what's your under 50 cut and what's your under 50 ad? So uh, we are doing another quality of life improvement here. So I am actually going to cut out uh, Garouk's horde. You're insane. No, trust me. I got one better. I got one that's just better. Just a better one. So Garouk's horde, five colorless and double green for a creature beast. It's a 7-7 seven, seven trampler. Play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast the top card of your library if it's a creature card. Awesome. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's great. Even though... Its cost will be reduced from Animar. It still costs seven to get out, right? And in reality, sure. you want something like this hitting early and getting that value through. Oh, usually I want this to hit late because that's when I have zero cards in hand. Mm, interesting. Interesting. So, but I'll be interested still because if it still does the same thing, just quicker, that's great. So Exactly. And we're also playing a three-color deck. So that's why, in my opinion, Vizier of the Menagerie is a little quality of life upgrade for mm. that. So three colorless and a green for a creature not going not to work in this bit, Cleric. That's a three-four. You may look at the top card library at any time. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. And most importantly, you may spend mana as though it's mana of any type to cast creature spells. The the Your deck... Your deck wheel is a little off here, right? And that's just because you're still running lands from five or six years ago, which is fine. But even in a three-color deck, that last clause is going to do a lot of work, right? The double blues, the triple blues, the double greens, all that stuff that you have, at some point you may get a little bit bollocks from. So we're reducing... The only the only argument to be made is that you're reducing this to be less of a creature to beat face and just more of a straight grain utility creature. But for the mana reduction off the top, and the ability to cast them without any mana restrictions, I think Vizier is a little bit of an upgrade from a quality life perspective. So here's here's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, oh! you, you got it. You got it. Uh, I thought you were gonna say here's this. Is, so there's usually two responses from Mister Combo. One of them is here's the thing, and it's either like here's the thing goes one of two ways. It's get like wrecked. Path. It's it's either you are completely wrong, or it's like there's no question that you are correct, right? Like, and it's and it's one of two pitches. You're like it's either like so here's the thing, and then it's like okay, here we go. Here comes the diatribe, and then they'll be like oh here's the thing, right? And then it's the other way. Yeah, so and I think the only reason I'm I, I'm I'll I'll actually I'll go ahead and even do this. Um, the only reason I'm okay with it though is because it is only five bucks. I think oh, if sure. this card was like twenty dollars or oh, something, no, yeah. I would tell you, hey, even though it's better, that effect isn't worth twenty dollars in this deck. Sure. Um, because Garuk's Horde cost me seventeen cents or twelve cents. Yeah. Uh, but for five sixty, yeah, I can afford to go get, and I'm sure I could probably get a a heavy plate or moderate plate for four bucks. Not a big deal. Totally. And I bet you had this lying around somewhere in some pile in your basement. I mean, um, if anything, it's probably in my cube, which will <laughs> never see the light of day again. Yeah, fair, fair point. All right, guys, let's go to the no budget. I talked about it earlier. I gave all the re reasons earlier, but I will recap it for YouTube. Uh, I'm cutting Intet the Dreamer. Sure, so, fair enough. Intet the Dreamer is three colorless teamer. 
And it basically is a 6-6 flyer. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two colorless blue. If you do exile the top card of their library face or of your library your face library. down, uh, you may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled. You may play that card without paying its mana cost for as long as intent remains on the battlefield. Uh, the fact that it has to be old combat damage, the fact that it's only your library, it's just... And the fact that it's not like a... Uh, oh, what's Black Homeboy... Uh, he's an aether. He's a rogue. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, this is like my favorite card of all time. It's like it any. Oh, I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed right now. I freaking love this card. All right, you keep talking. I'll figure this out. All right. So it, it's, it, you know, that has a clause that you can cast it for the rest of the game, essentially, uh, using mana of any kind. And I get it. This is an older card, so it wouldn't have the mana of any kind. But I would like it to where if the cards got exiled, could stick around and I could reuse them. But. You know, that's just the way it is. So, the card I'm going to add is a new one. It's one that single Aaron and I were talking about the other day. Ooh. Is a staple in every deck possible. Daunty Lord of Luxury. Daunty Lord of Luxury. There we go. That is the card. But we're going to be putting in Wandering Archaic. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Five colorless creature avatar. It's a rare from Strixhaven. It's a 4-4. Uh, whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two colorless. If they don't, you may copy the spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So it is colorless creature, so Animar yep. lets them play it for free. And uh, we talked about it, 42 creatures. I'm kind of lacking the instants and sorceries, so I might I might need some of that stuff. Uh, but it also flips as well, which why is, is why Aaron and I were talking about it's a staple. Explore the Vast Lands. Three colorless. It's a sorcery. Each player looks at the top five cards of their library, reveals a land and or an instant or sorcery card from among them, then puts the cards they revealed this way into their hand and the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. Each player gains three life. So, you know, it's basically literal worst case. Let's dig the top five and see yeah. if I can find a land or an instant or sorcery. But every other situation, I'm playing it for probably free or close to free. And it becomes, once again, wanting arcade, it's annoying. Are you going to waste your removal on that or your bounce effect on that? Or are you going to do it on Animar, who's yeah. actually the problem? I think wanting Archaic is a really interesting card. Um, it, I think it's a card that when it got spoiled, everyone just assumed it was going to be immediately broken and slam it into a lot of decks. And I think that's reflected. I don't think that's necessarily the case, which is reflected by its price. It wasn't like it was pre-ordering for fifteen. Now it's to five, and um, I found that I have a hard time finding the right deck for this for this card. Right, but that hmm. being said, I think this is the deck for it. Right, free preventing people. This is a this is a deck that's going to die to spellslinger. Right, don't have a lot of interaction to it. This is a deck that's going to be hurting for that sort of interaction piece. Counter spells, that sort of thing. And I think Wani Archaic, bang for buck, command cost for cost, body for body is gonna do what you need it to in this deck in a big way. Now the question, Tuck, would you consider this a permanent spell or a non-creature spell? Which one is it? Because it has a backside that's a non-creature, but the front oh, side's a creature. It's a permanent spell. Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, so that means I can put it in my Brutoclad deck? Great! No more questions, no more. Uh, we're just oh, is that what on. people are arguing about? 
No, I just think it needs to go into Bruticlad. Yeah, and it I absolutely can. Here, but, but I was sitting here thinking like, ah, I did say it is an all permanent deck, but I was like, well, Shark Typhoon, I kind of rigmaroled my way around that with cycling. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of know uh, if, if I could use this and in Bruticlad. Especially that's your, that's just your own restriction, right? You're not running a, command, a companion or something like I am. Fair, I'm putting fair. in every single creature land, every single creature MFDC, even if they're suck, to surround up the mana base. So yes. This should immediately go into Animar, or sorry, it should go into Animar. It should definitely go into Brutalclad as well. Well, tell me what apparently is going right. to open up my piggy bank after the wedding because I did make a commitment to not buy no more expensive magic cards until then. Nice. What do you got? All right, I'm going to cut Priest of Urbrask, two colorless and a red for a creature human cleric. That's a two one. When there's a battlefield, add triple red to your mana pool. I think that you have way more efficient. I've, I've, I've won games with it. Seriously? Yep. I feel I haven't seen any of those games myself, so what do I know, right? But I just feel looking at the list, you have way more efficient ways to do this sort of thing, right? This bouncing rig and rolls, this infinite mana stuff, that sort of thing, just looking through the deck, that's the one that jumps out to me. Mr. Combo. Yeah. The the only thing I'll uh, kind of add before we move to the card that you're adding is this is literally the comment I made earlier with the Kiora's follower. Like, I wish it had colorless and it did something else because then I'm actually using Animar's ability. The fact that it's two colorless red, I'm essentially paying a red and netting two every single time. Sure. And with your equilibrium, that's infinite. I just win and it just constantly loops and loops and loops. So that's why it's really good. It's because it's two colorless red, get three red pips. Um, You can really kind of dig through there. But I understand. This is your cut. Doesn't mean I have to listen to you. What are you going to put in there, though? I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two options. What do you value more, drawing cards or removing permanents? Removing permanents. Okay, excellent. Well, Mister Combo, we've been doing this for what three years now. Three and and a half years. There's been. I can't believe that. By the way, Uh, we need to unpack that at some time. You know, there's a lot of times where in some of my middling decks, you'll make comments and put in a certain amount of cards because I don't have it in there because I, you know, I don't own a copy of it. <laughs> and you always argue, you know, there's so much stuff on here. There's ways that this can go quiet. There's ways that this can value everything. Sure. So it's rare that, you know, it's rare that you get to get the table turned around, if you will. Okay. So in this case, I would recommend that you shell out another $66 and put in your old pal, Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> it finally turned around. 11 mana, which also is going to be zero. Legendary creature Eldrazi for an 11-11. It's a mythic rare. When you cast a spell, which matters, destroy target permanent. It's better than Terastodon. Indestructible. Beaten face. Annihilator 4. Rhythm of the Wild. It's going to have haste. Uh, when it uh, and then when it, it gets put into a graveyard from anywhere, its owner shuffles their like their graveyard into the library. You can even monster mash this and not deck yourself. Uh, the other option, if you're curious, was your other favorite one, Cosmic Butcher of Truth. I was just oh, waiting. Sure. On, I was waiting on which one you wanted. Here you are. It's not a complete Eldrazi deck, but your two favorite cards that you just slam into every deck that you even own. Now you can put one into here for the low low price of a proxy because you already own ten copies of this thing. So the funny thing is I only own one copy of Infinite Yire. What? Really? He's not the he's not the one that I'm big into. Yeah, I know uh, the cosmic's the one that you like more. Ceaseless Hunger is the one that I usually play a ton of. 
uh, because he exiles he, two permanents and mills pe- or exiles twenty yeah, cards off their library equally, when they equally attack. good, but he does not yeah. monster mash, which we always Correct. say. Correct. We need that in this deck. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but I mean, you know, I have vigor. But I, I think it's one of those things. There's zero excuse for me not to have the Eldrazi Titans in the deck. Like, I should probably have Great Distortion in here, a Butcher of Truth, Ceaseless yeah. Hunger, Infinite Yire. Like, why wouldn't you have any of that stuff? Um, so you're just absolutely on, right. And, and I have a lot of fat end, right? cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think, and I think the last thing I'll say on that is like, it's okay. I don't like playing Amar decks, period. I don't like it when they're combo. I don't like it when they're Drazi. I don't even like it when they're like copy effects or whatever. I don't like any of them. I think they're all trash and they make me upset. But if you're going to play an Animar deck, you might as well put these in on the top end so that you always have something hugely impactful to cast for free when Animar gets to that point. That's very fair. Well, guys, thanks for making it until the end. And if you really enjoyed this video, the audio piece, leave some positive feedback and a five-star review on wherever you consumed us. Uh, That really helps the interwebs just really connect people so that way they can listen to us as well. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of the cast and the people responsible for this episode, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combat number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, where could people stalk you? You can still see me at Big Tuck Tweeting on the Twitterverse and also uh, Rich Somner of Mad Men and more importantly Firewatch the video game uh turned a certain amount of birthday on February 2nd <laughs> turned a certain amount like you don't know how old or are they very sensitive about it or do they is their birth certificate redacted bit listen i'm going to i'm going to be honest with you when i tag these people a lot of times i don't know who they are and also a lot of times it's not accounts that exist so <laughs> i can't I like help you it. with any of that you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well, which I believe at the airing of this episode, we still have our amazing giveaway going on. So if you go follow, uh, go to our main account, go to its Twitter page, retweet and like the post. And there's some instructions in there. So you have to follow my account, Tux account, and our pal over on the specialty episodes, Murphus. And you'll be entered to win a signed foil artist uh, proof expropriate uh signed by the artist so i mean it, it's absolutely amazing um that card there's only 30 of them in existence uh and if you want to know how rare they are joshy kwai your homeboy over at game nights also bought up a ton of them so uh, also um go do that so coming for you jimmy now if you would like to see the deck list the article the cards we talked about and the subsequent videos, you should ever to our website, cmdtower.com slash BNBE124. Essentially, just type in Cloudstone Curio, Mano War, Dreamstalker, Tower.com. Now, we couldn't do the video portion of this without our amazing video editor uh, at underscore Tcoats on Twitter. Tyler is helping us with our Twitch videos. He's helping us with our YouTube videos. He helps us with all the editing. The guy's great. He comes in at a pinch when we need some audio help. Uh, You guys should definitely go follow him, support him. If you have your own projects, hit him up uh, because he is a value member of the CMD Tower team. Now, 
We couldn't do this without Patreon and without your guys' support. So if you head over to patreon.com slash cmdtower, literally just give five bucks a month. You'll be able to join Murphys' squad. You'll be able to get a sweet Squee McGee get up and fight token. Um, you're going to be entered in to be on the show. Uh, tons and tons of value for literally just five bucks a month. And remember, the more of you join and the more of you are active in the community, the more the better the experience is going to be. So as much as you guys put into it, as much as we put into it, is really what you're going to get out of it. So be sure to sign up and support the channel. Now, if you're an existing patron and you have some friends that you'd like to refer to join, make sure they hit us up on Patreon when they do and let us know what collective member did so we can send you some free swag for being an awesome referral and collective member. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of our awesome Jun sweater, our amazing foil playmats, even our OG playmat, or a variety of the other CMD Tower branded stuff, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we are running an amazing special over there to where if you buy one of our holiday Jun sweaters, I think you get a pack of sleeves for like three bucks. Um, it's great, especially if you need to sleeve up a new commander deck. Maybe you want to keep it in your bag for whenever you go do some draft. Uh, they're very durable, so you can definitely unsleeve sleeve without them breaking. Uh, definitely go check it out. Plus, redacted bit, get crap out of my basement. Now, we have started a brand new partnership, uh, so you guys should head over to uh, Abyss cardshop.com should be able to see it on screen and use the promo code CMD tower. Uh, doesn't have, doesn't matter if it's lowercase or uppercase. I don't believe, but I think it's lowercase. Uh, <laughs> but this is the person that we use for our playtest cards here at the channel. It's the person that I've personally used for my custom game of Thrones deck, my custom Najila mystical archive deck. Uh, they're great to work with. They're very flexible. Uh, they own quite a bit of their own art, so that's fantastic because you're supporting an artist with all the endeavors they're doing. And yeah, you should go do it. Plus, the promo code stacks. So if you see a really sweet thing and you spend over 30 bucks, you're going to get our 10% discount and theirs. And the gravy on top or the cherry, I like gravy, all, some proceeds do go back to CMD Towers. When you guys, if you're out there on Amazon and you're out there buying playtest cards, Go to abyssproxyshop.com, support CMD Tower with the business you're literally already doing, because that will help grow our channel. Big Tuck, Animar's Glass Cannon. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? And I was wrong. It's been two and a half years in the making. <laughs> are you Are you going to be okay? It's fine. Um, I, it, yeah, like, it, this is... It's not surprising to me that it's taken this long that, we're, that we had talked about this here, because... These are pretty bog standard. I will say this though. I do. You do have. I like that you have some of these enchantments that I talked about as opposed to just all creatures that it's going to give the deck a little bit more longevity, a little bit more cuteness. Um, I think a lot of people miss out on the plus one plus one counters stacks, the forgotten ancients, the increasing savageries of the world and how valuable those are. I do think that if you want, I feel, and you and I have called each other on this before. If you want, if you want to turn this into a deck that you actually are like, I haven't played in months. I'm gonna bring out Animar. I'm so excited about it. There's definitely some QOL and interesting cuts that you've identified to make it a little something a little bit more fun, a little bit more unique of a play for you. Yeah. No, I agree on that. And actually, I mean, I'm probably going to cut almost all the cards that we've talked about. Um, <laughs> going to add a ton. Um, I just I. 
outside of the Eldrazi Titans, which I'll probably be using our own promo code to go get a discount <laughs> on some playtest versions. Um, <laughs> outside of using, outside of purchasing those, if I didn't already own them, most of the upgrades are very affordable. Like yeah. out of cards, I physically don't own or buying the card would cost as much as a playtest. I'm maybe looking twenty dollars to upgrade yeah. this deck, and, it, and it's going to feel completely different. Yeah. Yep, I completely agree. Well, guys, this has been a great episode of Bruising Builds. We're signing off. See ya!